Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners. No matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. This is Dr. Dan. True individual freedom is under attack with a vigor unparalleled in the history of our nation. I've said it many times before, and I will say it again. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily regulated or confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Now, to our founders, the totality of your private property consisted of your land, your home, your possessions, the work of your hands, the ideas of your brain, and your life itself. This concept dates back thousands of years. Four of the Ten Commandments deal specifically with private property. Thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, and thou shalt not kill. Now, Karl Marx, the founder of socialism, was asked what it would take for socialism to be successful on a worldwide basis. His answer, the elimination of all private property. And that is, in fact, the first plank in the Communist Manifesto. Nine people attended Karl Marx's funeral. Socialism should have died with him. But it was resurrected in England by George Bernard Shaw and the Fabian Socialist Society. We all know that. The American progressive movement is now about 100 years old. Starting in 1913 with the 16th Amendment, the 17th Amendment, the Federal Reserve Bank, Woodrow Wilson, the League of Nations, the Council on Foreign Relations, still with us today, FDR, and of course, the United Nations. These are the arrogant elitists whose goal has always been to create and impose on all of us a worldwide socialist tyranny. The United Nations is, in fact, the Fabian Socialist Society of our time. And the UN's Agenda 21 is its strategy to rule the world. Now wait, 
Did I say that the peace-loving, benevolent, international forum of intellectual ideas, the United Nations, is in truth seeking to steal our property and our freedom, destroy our national sovereignty, and impose their dominion over all the earth? Well, look, folks, before you bring out the tinfoil hats, let me introduce my guest on Freedom Forum Radio as we begin a serious discussion of the United Nations Agenda 21. Agenda 21 is the single most serious and vicious threat to our individual freedom and our national sovereignty. My guest is Tom DeWeese. Tom is one of the nation's leading advocates of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property rights, personal privacy, back-to-basics education, and American sovereignty and independence. He's a native of Ohio. He's been a candidate for the Ohio legislature, served as editor of two newspapers, and has owned several businesses since the age of 23. In 1989, Tom led the only privately funded election observation team to the Panamanian elections. In 2006, Tom DeWeese was invited to Cambridge University to debate the issue of the United Nations before the Cambridge Union, a 200-year-old debating society. Today, he serves as the founder and president of the American Policy Center, and editor of the DeWeese Report. Now, some of his recent articles that really come to bear on this subject, Agenda 21, are as follows. How Global Policy Becomes Local, New Tactics to Fight Agenda 21, The Principles of Freedom versus Agenda 21, The Direct Link Between Agenda 21 and Local Planners, something we're all dealing with today in our area, Conservation easements and the urge to rule, another hot topic locally, and why the Founding Fathers matter. For 40 years, Tom DeWeese has been a businessman, grassroots activist, writer, and publisher, and as such, he has always advocated a firm belief in man's need to keep moving forward while protecting our constitutionally guaranteed rights. Tom DeWeese, it is a pleasure to welcome you to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum and Freedom Forum Radio. Dr. Dan, I thank you for having me on today. I'm, I'm uh, very pleased to, uh, to be with you. Well, thank you, Tom. So let's start at the beginning. This is an enormously important topic. So what is Agenda 21? Is it real or is it just a conspiracy theory? Well, uh, let me start by saying this. You know, some people think uh, that the planet is in danger of global warming and overconsumption, and they really believe that the only way to fix the problem is to control the flow of natural resources and wealth, which literally means changing human civilization and the way we live. And the problem is that this kind of forced transformation of our society, and that's what it leads to, necessarily leads to a thirst for power by some and top-down control by government and we believe that that eventually leads to tyranny. And that's kind of the background behind Agenda 21. The, uh, the actual document was written by literally thousands of non-governmental organizations that are sanctioned by the United Nations to be official uh, representatives there. They have an equal footing with elected officials. 
and over a series of years, they held meetings and they, they wrote documents that eventually, step by step, led to the creation of Agenda 21, uh, what they call the Agenda for the 21st Century. It was introduced to the world in 1992 at the Earth Summit. Uh, there were 179 world leaders, uh, heads of state, there, and there were 50,000 delegates at that first Earth Summit. George H.W. Bush signed it and uh, basically said, yep, the United States is for this, and uh, from there it, it began to move into the United States. The, uh, what it is, as I said, it's, it, it's what they call an agenda for the 21st century. It's a, uh, it, it's, uh, the focus of it is to literally change uh, human habitat, human, human society, uh, with a top-down control, someone else deciding your future for you, someone else deciding how much energy you should use, somebody else deciding uh, how your community should look, how your houses should be built, what kind of housing you should have. And one of the main tenets of all this is a fear of overpopulation. And so that means uh, some kind of population control. And all of these things are the motivations for moving Agenda 21, what it, uh, first of all, it's, if you look at the logos of, uh, that, that are used for Agenda 21, it, uh, there's one of three connecting circles, and it's, uh, we call it the three E's of Agenda 21. Each circle is uh, labeled. One is economic prosperity, one is ecolog ecological integrity, and one is social equity. Ecological integrity is the excuse. Environmental Armageddon. If we don't, it doesn't matter what you think about your what your rights should be. Doesn't matter what the Constitution says. If we destroy the planet, then uh, you'll have nowhere to exercise those rights. That's the argument that they use. Economic prosperity is control of the economies, uh, particularly using public-private partnerships, partnerships between private businesses and government. But the the real the real plank here that, that really describes Agenda 21 is the social equity plank. We hear the word social justice used all the time. Uh, social justice is described as the right and opportunity of all people to, quote, benefit equally from the resources afforded us by society and the environment. What it really means is redistribution of wealth. Private property is a social injustice since not everyone can build wealth with from it, and national sovereignty is a social injustice because that harms the, uh, uh, the natural migration of, uh, of the peoples of the world. And universal health care, uh, lack of it, is a social injustice. And that's all part of Agenda 21 policy. So that, that's it in, in a nutshell as I can create. <laughs> well, you know, what you've described sounds in many ways like the Soviet Union of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Uh, that, that really is what they were attempting to do on, on their national scale. Uh, but one of the things you brought up is that this kind of control always results in having a ruling class. And once you have a ruling class, that means they get everything and the rest of us get whatever is left. It is, and, and it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, as we were in the Cold War with the Soviet Union, uh, they kept trying to convince us that uh, communism was the way to go, and Americans rejected that. Uh, interestingly, 
you know, under Mikhail Gorbachev, suddenly the Soviet Union disappeared. The albatross was off uh, from around their necks. And what happened to so many of the leaders of the Soviet Union dedicated communists? Well, Mikhail Gorbachev himself became the head of an organization called the Green Cross. They went into the environmental movement. And, uh, uh, you know, now, again, they, they, they use environmental Armageddon as the, uh, uh, the weapon here. But we're, after, once we got to that point, and it was no longer called communism, it was called environmentalism, then Americans started throwing their, their liberties on the bonfire and uh, saying, oh, well, we've got, to, we've got to do this. So here we are now with the same policies, the same approach, the same direction, and we're going to have the same results as it, as it moves in that direction. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Tom DeWeese and Agenda 21 right after this. Well, you know, this whole environmental issue, if, if I may talk about a gentleman called Curtis Bowers. I'm not sure if you uh, know Curtis Bowers, but uh, to make a long story short, uh, back in the early 90s, after the fall of, of the Berlin Wall and after the fall of the, the Soviet Union, the, the Communist Party USA and all of their fellow travelers got together for a national conference in uh, Berkeley, California, appropriately enough. And uh, a friend of his said, why don't you uh, go there and sort of snoop around and, and uh, see, see what it's all about. After all, what have they got to meet about? The Soviet Union's gone. Communism is dead. So uh, Curtis Bowers, who was then just finished graduate school at Berkeley, he went uh, dressing in what he thought would be appropriate, which was a tie-dye T-shirt and, and, and jeans. And he walked into a meeting, which was all filled with middle-aged people with briefcases and suits and ties. And this is what he heard. He heard that they recognized that they were not going to be able to overthrow the United States by force from the outside. And so their plan was to destroy it from the inside. And they were going to use the destruction uh, the, the destruction of the American family, the destruction of American morality, but most important, their plan was to use the environmental movement to destroy uh, American economy and manufacturing. And that's basically what they've done. They've been very, very successful with that. And, it, you know, when, again, when you use scare tactics of environmental Armageddon, it's a tactic, uh, the words I, I keep saying, because that's exactly what it is. Uh, when you keep doing that over and over and over again in all these scare tactics, then uh, it does have an effect on people. And, and, of course, they've gone into the education system, and the indoctrination there is, is uh, huge on it. What, what we really did with all this is we replaced communism with commonism. Uh, and, in fact, a, a quote from Bake Moon, the, you know, the Secretary General of the United Nations, says, this is our world, a common world. Everyone should feel a common responsibility. There's what they, this is how they sell this. We're all in this together. Everybody have a group hug, sing Goombaya, and we're, you know, we all have to move forward together. This is where the social equity plank comes from. The idea, uh, I mean, it's a utopian myth that everybody moves forward or nobody moves forward. Uh, but that is, that is the root of, of Marxism, and uh, it is the root of sustainable development. And 
and their policies. Well, obviously what they don't take into account is that we are all different. Everyone is an individual with different capabilities, different ideas, different desires, different wants, different needs. And that obviously is what the free market gives us. It gives us that freedom to the freedom of opportunity. Uh, And what they want is the freedom of outcome. Uh, And the problem, of course, like like we discussed it already is that there always is under those under those system there's always a ruling class and i can tell you ban ki moon for all for whatever he says we're all in this together he doesn't believe that he personally will ever have to do without anything that he wants or is used to yeah, that's that's exactly correct. And and I mean, you hear Barbara Streisand came out in favor of all these pro- programs, and she said everybody should stop using their washers and their or their dryers, and they should all hang their clothes out on a clothesline to save energy. Well, uh, one enterprising gentleman with an airplane flew over all five of her estates and couldn't find a clothesline on any one of them. Uh, this is what we hear constantly. Of course, Al Gore is famous for you know having a huge uh, carbon footprint with his mansions and his airplanes and his uh, you know uh, all the things he does as he travels the world and lectures all of us to live on less. One of the interesting things that uh, you know in, in 2012 they had Rio Plus 20. It was a 20-year celebration of 20 years of Agenda 21 and how do we move forward? What what do we do from here? One of the ideas that was uh, advocated over and over again from the podium at that conference was the idea of zero economic growth. Uh, if you look at you know, what, what they're trying to put together in their own mind is a well-ordered society, having an entrepreneur who has a different idea popping up and messing up that order because it goes completely against the grain of everything that they have looked down the road to and what we're going to have. Take it back a hundred years ago when Thomas Edison started messing around with creating a light bulb. And what he really did was develop an entire system of electricity in your home so that you could light the light bulbs. The Wright brothers figuring out how to fly in the in the air and Henry Ford figuring out how to get everybody into an automobile. These things disrupted a society that, from the beginning of man, had been going by horsepower, had been going by candlelight, and, of course, no one was flying. Those guys disrupted that well-ordered society, and they are determined to never again have, have that happen. Zero economic growth and control of the economy in every way is, is their answer to that. Well, obviously, one of the problems with that whole concept is the fact that it's that with that concept, you will have mass starvation, mass disease, and mass death of human beings. But you know, of course, that their ideal population is 500 million people. And, yeah, they, uh, and they expect to be among the 500 million, of course, and that leaves 6.5 billion of the rest of us to fend for ourselves. That concludes this episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum with Tom DeWeese. Tune in next week for part two. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website 
www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. The original sin.